everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about finally eliminating screen problems in their home. This is Melanie Humpy. I just want to welcome everyone. I'm so glad you're here today. If you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back. You're in for a treat. And if you are a new friend, we are so glad you found us. You are no longer alone with your screen questions and you have finally found your people. And I'm so glad you found us today because you're going to love the show today. It's another mom coming on to ask questions. We're going to have such a great time. But before we get started, I just have to tell you one little thought that I had about something happening in our house and it's all coming to a head next week. One of my sons, I have twins that are seniors in high school and one of them is in the school play guys and dolls. And he has never done anything like this before in his senior year. He thought, you know what? I am going to be in the play. And this has been the most fabulous thing for him and for our family. I cannot explain how cool this has been. And then for me as a mom to in the background, be watching what's happening. Let me just say right up front, if there is any way that you ever have a chance to get your kids in a theater production, just do it. Don't even think twice about it. This is a musical. So he is learning all the songs. He's, I think he knows every single line in the production. And so since Christmas, really, we have been a part of this with him and he has been coming home after practice. I mean, they have to practice. Like, I think it's like every day, but Wednesday, like after school, it's so fabulous. It gives them something so wonderful and productive to do and creative. And so anyway, he comes home every day and he tells us all about how practice was. And it's all very new for him because he's never been in the theater world before. He's always been in sports. And so we are just loving it. He is, like I said, he's memorized every line out there. He, he's never really been a singer, but you know what? He's singing a lot in our house and he does play the piano. So he's figured out how to play all the songs on the piano. And we just are having so much fun. And he's developing an incredible relationship with a whole different group of friends, friends that he has been in school with probably since, you know, kindergarten, first grade, but he never really got to know them that well. And he's getting to know them. So it just, it just, it's firing on all cylinders. He's hitting all the buttons and we are loving it. And next week starts the big productions and, um, and the big performances. So, oh my goodness, I'm so excited to um, uh, have a part of that. And you will, I'm sure, be hearing more stories about it. So let's dive in. I want to introduce April Gross to you. She came on a phone call with me. And after, I don't know, probably 30 minutes, we're like, you know what? We need to put this on a podcast. I need to answer these questions so everybody can get the benefit of it today. So April, I want to welcome you to our podcast. Thank you so much, Melanie. I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you. I love your shows and I have learned so much from you and all the experts that you bring in. So I'm super excited. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I mean, I know everybody's working these days and it's hard to just pull away. And And I, and I just want to say that April has, what, three boys, correct? Am I three correct? boys. Yes, three boys. Life is busy. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got on the phone and started really talking a lot about video games. And this is what we both at the same time, I think, said, oh, wait a minute, we need to like hit the record button and, and talk about this a little more. So if you have a daughter today, please don't walk away from this. It's very, very critical for parents that have daughters to listen to moms like April <laughs> and I talk about boys. And the reason why is because your daughter is going to have some boys in her life at some point, mm -hmm. right? And, Absolutely. And you'll need to understand the content that we're talking about today with video games, you know, for your daughter as well. And we're not, I mean, we're going to talk about video games, but everything we're talking about today applies to all of these screen issues that we have. So April, give us a just a short background here. Just give us a long or however long or short background you want on your story and kind of how you found Screen Strong. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so I'm a mom of three boys. Just to give you a rundown, Austin is 14, Brayden's 11, and Colton is eight. And gosh, Austin, I mean, you, you're talking about theater, Melanie. My son, Austin, I don't think I told you, but he is a theater buff. He actually oh. has had two lead roles in his theater productions at school. He's in advanced theater. He loves theater and loves entertainment. And I, you know, I always thought, Ooh, is that because I allowed him to have way too much entertainment as a child? Um, <laughs> the kid loves TV, loves movies, everything. Just to give you some background, you know, I work full time. I'm a pharmaceutical rep. I've been one for about 20 years and I love my job. Keeps me extremely busy as you can imagine but I love being a mom as well. And so, you know, I work full time and, you know, over, over the years, especially when Austin was little on the weekends, I'd have to put him in front of the TV, you know, TVs make great babysitters. <laughs> you know, I'd put him in front of baby Einstein thinking I was doing something good, right? Like stimulating his brain or whatever. But over the years, he just, it, it just got too easy to put the kids in front of screens and along came two baby brothers along the way. And life just got busier with more challenges and, so yeah, TV was an easy babysitter for me when I needed to um, keep mm -hmm. the household going. And then of course, along came cell, cell phones and iPads and the fun educational games and things like that. Oh, they loved to yeah. play. And, you know, I always knew in the back of my head, I had this gut feeling that I wasn't doing a good thing by allowing them to have so much screen time growing up. And I even came across articles along the way talking about how these games and screens can be so addicting for kids and that some kids would even get lost in like their own virtual reality. And that scared me. Right. And as I saw their, their friends getting all of these um, gaming systems and, and these bigger and better screen toys, you know, my kids would want the next best thing. And I, I, I just felt, you know, no, we're not going to do that. You know, you, you can have a PS4 or a switch, but I'm not going to buy every single thing for you that you want because that's just going to make it worse. So how old was you when you started really getting into video games? Yeah. So I guess when COVID hit, <laughs> they each got, you know, real inexpensive laptop. They had to do their online school. And that's when they really got into the, um, the online games. Ah, and yes. I really started to see the addiction taking place um, in my kids. I mean, just, you know, they would zone out. They would become impatient with me and each other. Their attitudes became ugly, and that's all they wanted to do. They just didn't want to participate in their regular activities anymore. And even my, my oldest um, discontinued some sports because a few of them got challenging. And, you know, with games, it's just such a um, low-effort, high-reward thing. It's just easy to become complacent. 
And so I saw all this happening before my eyes and, you know, and then I discovered you, Melanie, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I mean, she's just confirming everything that I've always learned and, and felt in my gut. And we're going to do this. I have had enough, <laughs> you know, and I think about their future. Um, I've heard about marriages breaking up because of game addictions, right? Heard, you know, with your right. son, you know, dropping out yeah. or just struggling in college. And sure, that's my worst fear is, you know, something like this happening with my children based on choices I made when they were young. So I said, enough is enough. We're going to do this detox. You know, I even got my husband on board. I had him listening um, to some of your podcasts. He was on board and we just had to figure out when we were going to do it. And so last summer in June, we took a road trip to Florida and I thought this was the perfect time to do this. I didn't tell the boys. I just told them, you know, guys, we're not going to bring our iPads in the car. We're just going to go on this family trip, have a great time. They were on board. They didn't realize they thought they'd come home and have their regular gaming (laughs) back. So we went and had the trip. And, and, and the point was that week, I knew that they'd start the detox process. So it wouldn't be so bad when we got back. Right. You know? Right. So on the trip home, we started having a conversation with them, my husband and I, and, and told them, you know, this is why we're going to do this. This is why we're not going to play games anymore. Uh, we're really going to limit screens. And um, we even had them listen to the podcast with your son, which is fantastic, uh-huh. by the way. And I thought, being that this is a male, this will be really influential for them. Of course, they complained and, you know, cried. And this isn't us. This is for other kids that are addicted. We're not addicted. All that good stuff. <laughs> what does that sound like? Exactly. That sounds like any other addict out there. <laughs> exactly. So we started the detox process. And, you know, it's been really, really, it hasn't been bad with my two younger ones. We've actually had a lot of positive. Their ages again? What are their yeah, ages? Yeah, so the, the two younger are 11 and 8. Okay. So a little bit younger. Um, I mean, the 11-year-old, it, 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 for the most part, it's been okay. But the, the hardest one, of course, is my oldest, Austin, who's had more times in front of screens, more time playing games than his brothers, and had the most addiction, I think, and has more gamer friends. Sure. He has what I call, you know, I guess in medical terms, these emotional flare-ups where he'll He'll be okay for a while. And then all of a sudden, some of his friends, you know, like before a holiday or before something where they'll have some extra time, they'll say, look, we're going to start a game. We're going to be on a server together. Why don't you play with us? And of course, Austin will come home and and just beg and beg and, you know, give me those big puppy dog guys and even bring out the tears if he needs to. And (laughs) just those big boy fits. And, you know, it's so hard, Melanie, but I have to really um, think about, you know, my why. And ever since all the research I've done and listened to you and listened to all the experts learning about the impact that screens, especially video games has on those developing brains, you know, and the constant dopamine hits that they get. And it, it's strengthening all the wrong pathways in our kids and they're, it's causing them to miss so many opportunities that are, you know, going to set them forward in life. And, you know, you even said that most addictions start in childhood. That scares me. And so my big why for Austin, when he does this, is I just, you know, I, I remind him about all this. I even had him watch your um, your course with me. And of course, he, mm-hmm. he'll he still push back and say, but mom, those are for the kids that are addicted. You know, I'm not addicted. I can handle it. I can watch just, I can play for an hour and walk away. But I just remind him, look, mm-hmm. you know, it's too risky. And I love you too much. Bottom line, I just love you too much to like, to expose your brain to this stuff. And that really makes him pause and think. And I love what you said just now about, about what it's replacing. 
because yes. that that whole concept of where he is right now and what you pour into his brain, into his life, into his experiences and in his pathway, that changes when video games becomes a big piece. And, and even when it's a little piece, it still changes. So it's it's even if you could argue that your kids are not getting addicted, which a lot of parents don't want to think that, right? So we can use words like dependency, and you might even try using that with him to say, okay, well, I know you're not addicted, but you're becoming dependent, and it's not your fault. It's the way the games are made that to is so true. be dependent. But it right. is replacing other, you know, every, I mean, every minute you're on a video game is a minute that you're not doing something better. Exactly. Um, and you only have one childhood and you only yeah. have one time to parent. I mean, this is our only shot to parent. I mean, our kids will be grown before we know it. Wouldn't it be nice if we had do-overs? Oh, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. <laughs> sure. Most of it. <laughs> Oh, God. I know. I know. So, so then, so where are you now? So you're saying that things kind of flare up sometime, which that's very normal. <laughs> I love yes. your term emotional flare ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can call them meltdowns when they're there little, but we'll call them emotional flare ups when they're. Okay. And I call it a flare up because it, it does settle down. And if you can just get through it, um, you know, try not to get mm-hmm. in a power struggle, power struggles, yeah. you know, the it, they're just, a waste of time. I tell Austin, we're making these decisions when you're 18 and you're an adult, you know, and you know what's best for you, then you can make your own decisions that, you know, we're the parents and we're making decisions for you. But, but where we're at now is it has gotten a lot better and life is so, I just feel like so much easier. I mean, I look back and I think, oh my gosh, you know, you used to call yourself the game cop. That was what I did, you know, I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to come home from work and try to relax, but yet I'm working full time trying to manage these time limits. It's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And it takes away from family time that, you know, so what we're doing now and what I found that really helps is like you said, keeping the kids busy and just having all kinds of activities like at their fingertips. And, you know, we leave out little quote, little campsites around the house with little activities. And yes, my house is not near as clean as it used to be when they were gaming, um, but I don't care. I don't care. I mean, they only have one childhood and there's activities all around and there's things to do. So here's a few things we've done just in the last month. You know, Legos. My kids love making stop motion videos with Legos. They love to paint projects. We're in Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts. They do derby cars and we have a bunch of extra ones. So we leave those out. So they're just, you know, they walk up to the little table and just pick up a card and start painting. They love um, gel pellet guns with their friends. Those are so much fun. And laser tag puzzles. They love trading Pokemon cards, you know, the younger ones. My middle son said that just today they're going to get together after school at the park by the school and he wanted to bring his Pokemon cards to do some trading. And he said, Mom, we have a new kid at school that he told us he he wasn't a trader, but he's a gamer. So he doesn't want to join us because he's a gamer. And I thought, oh, goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> they, <laughs> they love to jump on a trampoline, play ba- basketball, ice skating. We have an ice skating rink in town, roller skating, books. They love to read. All kinds of things. Oh, you know, our puppy, we just got a dog. And now my middle son wants to to get a job as a dog walker and and make business cards for himself. There's just so many things. And I'm just so grateful, you know, because 
if they had a choice between this stuff and video games, the video game's going to win every time. And so now that I took it off the table and it's not a choice, they're, you know, they've forgotten about it and they're looking to do other things. So life is good right now. Well, you've done a great job. You've just, I just, my hat is off to you. It's a, it's a tough road right there in the very beginning, but you are a testimony to how it works and how it gets easier. And I, you know, know that you would agree that it is a little bit hard at first, but the payoff is incredible. Even now you're even seeing it. You're seeing it this quickly. Right. Yeah. Your detox, yes. you know, you don't have to wait a year to see the results. You see exactly. Right what are some of the questions um, that you had that we were, we were kind of going over on the phone the other day? So one of the questions that I've struggled with is, you know, Austin, he's in, I really, I've seen him play for a little bit at a time and walk away. So I know he does it, but then I know there's times he plays for hours when he did play. He doesn't play now, but he does ask me and I never know what to tell. I never know what to tell him, I guess, as a response. So he asked me if he can play for an hour now and then. What do you say to that? Like in terms of moderation, what do you think about moderation? Yeah, this is a big question that comes up a lot. And it came up a lot during the holidays when moms were saying, well, can they just play with their cousins, you know, just during the holidays or, or can I go to my friend's house and play at their house because they, they have games. Yes. That is such a great question. And I know everybody listening out there is like having that question too, because you know, it seems like everything in moderation is the key, right? So why doesn't it apply to video games? And so it's such a great question. Let me say that this is probably one of the biggest misunderstandings and all the screen issue questions out there. And I'm going to answer it by just jumping into another little story here really quick. So we have a family, we know a family that has some acreage and they don't live right here in our town, but they, they live not too far away and they have a few cows and they have some horses and it's like, oh, it's so cool. Cause in this day and age, you know, we live in a big city and we don't see that very much. Their younger daughter and son both have learned to ride and compete in all sorts of events regarding cattle and horses and roping and showing and livestock and 4-H clubs and rodeos and all the things. And they have won the very coveted prize of these belt buckles, right? They are so immersed in this, their whole family is, that their kids get their own horse on their certain birthday when they're a certain age. And then they learn to take care of that horse and they learn to, you know, uh, train the horse and be in the competitions and they get all the gear and they have wonderful memories. And this is their lifestyle choice. They have structured their kids likes and hobbies around their family values. The dad is very into this and it's just a big deal. And I talked to them one day about, um, you know, do y'all ever struggle with video games? And I'll never forget the look of the mom. She just kind of looked at me like, well, that's just not our thing. Love it. Oh, wow. You said that really Mm -hmm. well. (laughs) She said, it's not in the formula for what we want for our kids. We're a cowboy family and we will never allow screen time to come interrupt what, what we're doing. They had a very distinct purpose and direction. It was so cool. In fact, the kids looked at me like, are you crazy? Do you think I'd rather be on a video game or riding my horse? Like, really? Are you nuts, lady? (laughs) So they just didn't, it just wasn't part, it wasn't like they argued with him every day and said, no, 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 we're going to, it just wasn't their thing. And I love the way that she said that. And and then I'm going to tell you about this other family that we know that owns a camper 
and they camp and hike almost every weekend. No kidding. I can't. And their kids are in high school. I'm like, how do they do this? They research places to go. They meet people along the way. They have all the little stickers on the back of their camper of all the places where they've been. And they enjoy these unbelievable experiences with their kids. They are never stumped for what to do or being bored or what to buy them for their birthday because, you know, their hobby is so rich. And once again, their lifestyle choice, they have structured their likes and hobbies around their family values. Let me tell you about another one. Their family that lives up north. Now we choose to live in the south. I don't know how people do it, but they live with all the snow. I was talking to a mom today and, and it's all ice and they're all snowed in, but they're having the best time ever, ever because their kids are outside on sleds and they're skiing and they're doing all this stuff. And this family does a lot of skiing. They get into a lot of competitions with their skiing and just all these unreal winter sports. They're like second nature to these kids and they are not investing their time in video games. They have found something better. It is a lifestyle choice. This family has structured their likes and hobbies around their family values. And, and I'm thinking about another family that I know that, that lives out in Tennessee and their kids are into speech and debate and theater and they travel for competitions and they enjoy all the family interactions and prep that goes with it. They impress the heck out of me. They are history buffs and they know every play and movie and the line to all the things and all the musicals. And I'm just shocked. I'm like, well, do y'all play video games? And they're like, what? Are you kidding? Like, no, we have all these other really more fun things to do. So again, this is their lifestyle choice. They have structured their likes and hobbies around their family values. And I could go on and on. I've just got to tell you about a few more because they're all on the top of my head right now. But there's another family that we know here locally that is our friends that are, they are a musical family. They have five kids and all their kids play an instrument. It's incredible. And I once asked the mom, how did you know which kids were gifted with music to, you know, do this and which ones weren't. And she looked at me and she said, well, we just decided before any of them were born that our kids would play an instrument. (laughs) Oh, that's quite remarkable. The book Grit by Angela Duckworth gives the science around what this mom has discovered that if you build it, they will come. She argues in her book that talent is hard work. It's not a natural born ability like we all think. It's just a fascinating read. So that's just a little tidbit there. But this is also their lifestyle choice. And they have structured their children's likes and hobbies around what they value most, which is in that family, it's music. I have to tell you, you've heard me maybe tell this story about a surfing family that I never knew this family, but I saw them at the beach a number of years ago. And the middle school boy was competing in a surfing tournament. This was so fascinating to me. And the whole family, there were five of them, they were all cheering and they were standing at the shoreline. They had t-shirts on with their last name. I don't remember their last name, but it was like the Smith family team. It was like, oh my gosh, this is like a thing for their family. Like they're celebrating this thing and they probably do with their daughter and all that too. And the mom but this was their lifestyle choice. And, and while we were on the beach, all these families, you know, have their kids watching their siblings doing the surfing thing. And many of them had their iPads under the umbrella in the sand. I'm like, but this family didn't. They had T-shirts. They were cheering. This was how they did their life. So the common thread for all these families is that video games just was not their thing. It's not that they're always horrible and we can argue and find articles to say, well, this game is okay and this one and an hour here and there is okay. It just, it's just not their thing. And it doesn't have to be 
your thing, if it doesn't fit into the equation. So like these kids of these families that I know, they would tell you that video games are a big waste of time. And one 14-year-old told me they were lame. I loved it. Wow. I love it. One of them even said, you know, when I go to somebody's house every now and then, I'll play for 15 minutes because they're playing. But he said, I always go right outside. And typically, I, I don't go back to that house. Wow. Because that's just not my thing. Because their parents were intentional. Yes. Yes. I love this concept that we have to get it out of our head that video games are necessary. We just have to get it out of our head. They are not necessary. Because I used to think, well, if you have boys, you have video mm -hmm. games. This is what boys mm -hmm. do. And I like miss this whole point that boys do not naturally have to play this and have it be a part of your life. So, well, and let me just say this real quick about some of these stories I just told you. There's some extra bonuses going on. You can only imagine. I mean, you know, the family connection. Are you kidding? Like, wouldn't your kids love for you to do a hobby with them? Like that, that's every kid's dream. Oh, yeah. But the other bonus uh, things, you know, April, that sometimes we don't see as parents is, first of all, there is no chance of my child stumbling across pornography when he's on the back of a horse roping a cow. Okay. There's no chance of that happening. <laughs> or when he's on a surfboard <laughs> or when he's at, at the symphony playing his violin. Okay. There's just no chance of that happening. So, okay. That's wonderful. The second thing is that they all have a shared family purpose and it, it's so cool to have these memories. The next thing is that these activities that I just talked about are not at all remotely addictive. They're, they're not, they're not gambling, you know, <laughs> they're not doing drugs. I mean, it's fun. It's pure fun dopamine. The other thing I noticed is they all started pretty young. So if you're listening today and your kids are 14, you know, it's never too late, but I will say that if, if, if you can start younger, you know, to get a running start, oh, yeah. I like to say, yeah. where, where kids grow up, you know, on the ski slope and they grow up. I mean, what about, I'm from Florida. All my friends in Florida that had boats, you know, they grew up boating. There was no time to do video games. Culture will mold your kids. If you don't remember, their young brains are like clay and something is going to mold it. So guess what? April, you've figured it out. You get to decide what is going to mold their brain. If you want video games to be molding their brain, then start them early. Give them one hour every now and then. Give them one hour, you know, on the weekend. That's what starts. It's like a spark. You do that little spark of that game. Now, all of a sudden, maybe, maybe that ski slope or that horseback trail ride or the camping trip with my parent, maybe that's not as fun as I thought it was. I don't know. I, I never want to light a fire if I don't want to deal with the fire. And when you make it a prize, you know, when you, when you make it like, okay, we can do this in moderation, whatever, I, I promise you it will become the idol. It will become the thing they want. Like you just said, more than ever. So let's just regroup a second. I know I just unloaded a bunch of stuff. So the question is all thing in moderation, right? Wrong. That's wrong. Not all. We don't do all things in moderation. We don't do addictive things in moderation. We don't do 
gambling or drinking or drugs or porn? How about just a little bit of porn? How about just a little bit of porn over the holidays? How about just a little bit at your friend's house? How about just a little bit every weekend? If you insert those words, the answer is super clear, right? I mean, we, we don't give them just a little bit of drugs. We don't give them a little bit of porn. You know, I, I want to just interject this and April, I don't know if you've done this, but um, you know, the content on a video game, I had no idea. My son was playing all these games and I didn't play them. I know there's adult, I've heard there, there's adult content on a lot of them, but I've never played them myself. Well, isn't it crazy that we know more about our laundry detergent than we do about what's happening on our kids' screens? It is crazy. Scary. It's crazy. Yeah. And so, mom out there listening, if you have not played your kids' video game they're playing right now and you want them to keep playing it, I'm not judging you. You can do whatever your value and whatever you want to promote and your family's fine. I'm really, really not judging it, but I want you to go play that game. You've got to see what's happening in the game when I finally figured this out, when Adam dropped out of college and I'm like, you know, deer in the headlight, figuring out what's happening, I dove deeply into this and I started looking at Minecraft. I started looking at Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto and all these games. And um, I remember looking at Minecraft, being so shocked out of my mind that there was a whole YouTube on how to build a functional penis. And it's a Lego penis. It ejaculates little white Lego sheep. (laughs) And I went to do some talks in a middle school and I asked if anybody knew about this. They all raised their hands. They all knew about it. They laughed and oh they, and then they were, oh yeah, Mrs. Tempe, you know what? There's a vagina too. You can build a vagina. And I'm like, what <laughs> is this? You know, and I, I go back and I'm the last to know, right? And there's a strip club just about in every game. If you Google it, I mean, I'm not telling you to Google, but if you want to know it's there, I mean, the. The Grand Theft Auto Strip Club is unbelievable. And again, most kids know about all that. And if you think your 12-year-old is not interested in that Grand Theft Auto Strip Club, then think again, because his best friend's brother has told him all about it. And all the kids at school and at lunch tables are talking about it. And they know. They know it all. But do you know, right? It's, It's just nauseating and it's a little bit numbing. And and then when you watch Fortnite, I'll never forget the first time I watched Fortnite, I literally had a nauseated feeling in my stomach. I was nauseated. It was the most horrible, like a pit in my stomach because they were hunting down their friends and killing them. Like, this isn't what I want my kids to do. Like it made me sick. So you've got to definitely know about the content, but let's talk just a minute about uh, playing just a little. Does a coach ever say that it's okay to strike out just on Saturdays? We're just on Monday. Absolutely not. (laughs) You know, I don't think so. So it's like a mixed message. Son, we don't value video games is what we want you to do, create your hobbies around. However, we're, you know, we're thinking it's okay if you just play a little bit on the weekends. It's just so confusing for our kids. Like it's either good or bad. I either need to do this or not. And if there's things that are happening in your kid's life that you don't want to do a lot of, then you probably need to stop doing it. Yeah. And the other the other piece is how are they going to trust you? It's a trust. They they're looking to you as their coach. Yeah. So I I know it sounds like it should be okay, but it's just there's it just opens up the doors to so many things and when you look at it from some of these perspectives, right? That if you are going to be their coach, you, you want them to always practice those good habits. No, that's good stuff. I mean, that's stuff that 
most of us moms hadn't even considered, you know? It took me forever to figure it out. It took me forever. Like I just never could figure it out because I kept trying to limit, 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 limit. And then once I did all the research and went to all the conferences and talked to all the doctors and figured it out and started doing it differently for my younger kids, I'm like, no, we're, we're not doing any of that. You know, and, and we'll, we'll keep talking a little bit about it, but what's your next question? We got to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, a question I had was, you know, I have a lot of friends who, who do think that I overprotect my kids by not allowing video games. So how do I handle this without coming across as, you know, this one. Okay. Yeah. This is the biggest fear that every parent has. They're, they're going to over parent. They're going to helicopter. Somebody's going to criticize. Yeah. You know, Cause we know there was a lot kind of going on in the parenting world for a while about helicoptering and that's such a bad thing. And so there's a lot of confusion around this. Have you ever noticed, let me ask you this question. Well, you're te- you don't have older teens, but um, one thing that teenagers do, I'll warn you, I'm giving you a little cheat sheet here. Okay. little warning. This is what's I'll coming. I'll take it. You're a mm-hmm. teenager. It, okay. You ready? ready? They're going to start exaggerating like crazy. <laughs> I've already seen that. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen that? Okay. It's just part of their brain. And it's also part of what happens when people are inexperienced. They're not sure about what they're talking about. They tend to exaggerate. And and so young people do this. Teenagers do it as a tool to get what they want or to state their case or to make them feel better. They go to the extreme. So they throw as much at you as they possibly can. And then they start to see what will stick, right? This is a very common thing that we do and they're trying to make you feel stupid. Like you don't know what you're doing. And that's their job is to think that they, you know, they know everything, you know, nothing. And mom, don't you know that everybody else in my whole entire class, you know, has their own car, their mom bought it for them. Right. Or they, uh, they never have to do chores or, or they can stay out. You know, all my friends can stay out. All my friends have an iPhone mom. I'm the only one that doesn't have a phone, which, you know, my son has a gab phone, which I love, but yeah. Everybody has an iPhone, except me. Everybody has an iPhone. But they tend to get into these exaggeration arguments. And adults do it too, especially when it comes to parenting debates. They exaggerate to try to make their case stronger. And they say things like, and this is something I read just recently on a website from another parent. I'm quoting, bubble wrapping our kids and smashing digital devices is so tempting. It is possible to raise digital kids. Okay, bubble wrapping our kids and smashing devices. So that's what it's come down to, right? No, this is an exaggeration. When you talk about screen strong kids, you are not overprotecting them. You as a screen strong parent are not bubble wrapping your children. You're not smashing digital <laughs> devices. But, but, but the other side, if you will, loves that argument. And this is what we glom onto. We glom onto these arguments that don't make any sense. And I want to explain this for a minute by talking about what happened with smoking back in the seventies. Everybody was smoking. Doctors smoked, our mom smoked, our dad smoked, the dentist smoked, all the movie stars smoked, all the teenagers smoked. It was like a rite of passage, right? I don't know if you remember any of that history, but it was like a rite of passage. You're a teenager. You got to be cool, Mm -hmm. smoke your cigarette, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody did it. And yeah, parents maybe were a little bit concerned, but they're like, well, you know, everybody's doing it. I don't want my kid to be left out. 
Um, so why don't we build smoking patios in the high school? Cause you know, if we can't fight them, we'll just join them. We got to give them a place to smoke, right? Cause they're smoking and, and all this. And then we started learning that it caused cancer. So what do we do? We put filters on the cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does this sound familiar? Filters, yep. right? And, and then, you know, if you don't put filters or if you don't give your kids the stuff, you're just being over control. Look, they're just kids. They're just going to do, they just, they're kids. And then we did more public awareness around this. And now everybody knows that smoking is bad and it causes all these problems. And if we saw a child smoking today, we would just cringe and we would think, oh my gosh, do these people, are they not educated? So I see this very similar pattern happening with the screens. And, you know, we can argue that Oh, we can't overprotect them. But I want every time you hear that argument from now on, I want you to think of that smoking example. When we know better, we do better. Yeah. We don't keep smoking when we get the research. So this general overprotecting question, the first thing I'm going to say is that the criticism itself is impossible. It is impossible to bubble wrap your kids and put them in a you know, take them away from digital things. It's impossible. It's just not, you, you know, we're, we, there's, there's technology everywhere that our kids are. So they're never going to be digitally bubble wrapped or whatever these arguments that is are. such a good analogy. Yeah. I love that. Wow. The, the second thing is that when you hear someone with an exaggeration comment, it is a red flag. So uh, other people use terms like the shame hammer. You're shaming your kids. You're restricting them. You're banning them. Your kids will hate you or you'll yell at your kids. Yeah. It is so far from the truth. These are all exaggeration language. Yeah. yeah, I've heard. Yeah. I mean, in regards to iPhones, you know, with my oldest, I've had friends, adults say, you know, your son's going to be left behind. You know, he, if he doesn't have a phone, he's going to be left behind. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right. right. So I want you, every time you hear that, I want you to think of a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I love that analogy. No, that, it, it's insane. I can remember having a smoking section at school growing up, you know, I had forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. But see, we, we learn and, and we're not criticizing all those poor parents that yeah. didn't know. We didn't know. And most of the people listening here and Unless, you, unless you've been listening for a long time, you don't know. Right. I didn't know. I, I made so many mistakes with my oldest son. I didn't understand the research behind it. And then, but when you do, then you have to be accountable to that. And so being a good coach, the third thing I want to say about this overprotecting question is that when you are a good coach and you choose to be countercultural in some areas, you are not overprotecting. Right. You are just wanting to guide your kids instead of the culture. You are not overprotecting. In fact, most kids that have digital devices are way more overprotected in the negative sense of the word than kids who are screen strong. Kids who have phones that have parents that are following them everywhere, watching their every move, reading their every text, keeping up with all this weird yeah. friend stuff going on. I mean, it's just crazy. They're not letting them be independent or figure things out for themselves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my son got in trouble about a week ago and he lost his gab phone. He said, mom, how am I going to wake up in the morning without my alarm? How am I going to text you when I need to, rock, you know, to tell you what time to pick me up? I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're going to figure it out. <laughs> so he's so dependent on that gab phone even, you know? 
And it's so easy even to get dependent on, you know, on our family. And so that's, that's the overprotecting we want to stay away yeah. from. We want them to be as independent as they can, to be able to troubleshoot, solve a problem, figure out where they are, find their directions if they're lost. We want all that to happen. One day they'll get a phone, they'll be fine, and they'll get kind of dependent on it down the road. But we want to get to their brains right now right. while they have... Remember, remember, their brains are like soft clay and we're forming, forming, forming. It doesn't harden over until about 25 years. And then you can get all the stuff in it, eh, whatever. It won't, you know, you'll get some dings, but, you know, it won't be like it's changing the structure of your brain. So no one is over protecting over here at Screen Strong. Um, if, if you tell a coach that he is being overprotecting when he says that he wants to win the game, would you say that? No, I, you're not overprotecting your players if you want them to win. He's not bubble wrapping his kids if he wants to enforce a curfew. Right. You know, and again, like I said, what if the coach said, okay, guys, we're going to strike out today. No, that, that's not overprotecting to not want to, to lose. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, you're not. Let me just encourage you. You are not overprotecting. So I hope some of that helped you. Absolutely. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. One last, one last question. You know, can you address any issues with possibly maintaining a good relationship with other moms when it comes to screen issues? And let me explain what I mean. Like, I guess trying to get friends to understand my perspective, passionate about this topic and without sounding or coming across as judgmental, because I'm not, not at all. They just, you know, a lot of them haven't read the research. Um, They just aren't aware. Wow. I have a lot to say about this and I'll try to, I'll try to just give you some insight in a, in a short time here. We have a very unique opportunity as parents. And I think that when our kids are younger, we see this benefit of other moms in our village, right? We need other parents. In fact, you're a full-time working mom. I'm quite sure there was probably a time uh, when your kids were little that you had to call on another mom to help you with something, you know? Still, oh, still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. We depend on each other. Um, we depend on our mom village, our dad village, our parent village to raise our kid. And this is super important. It's super normal. It's part of being in a culture, part of being part of a community. This is super important. These moms support you when you need help. You know, when you need that emergency pair of soccer shoes that you left at home and you can't go because your other car is in the shop and your husband has your car. And there's all these things, right? And every mom knows it. Uh, you need a red bow tie uh, for the play and your son forgot it. And, and you remember your friend that had their son had it one from last year and they can bring it to school and meet you at the whatever, right? They'll jump through fire for you. Your friends will do this. Other moms, there's like a code. It, it's like, even if you don't know really well, like they immediately get it. They, they cry with you when your kid suffers a hardship, they make a meal. When a family member passes away, they have your back. And so what happens is, the most shocking thing when screen time issues come up, they, they many times do not support you. And in fact, not only do they not support you, but sometimes they go behind your back and they talk about you and they point fingers and they say things like, oh, you know, April's son is asking for a video game at my house because, you know, she doesn't let him play at, at her house. Ha ha ha. And then they find every example they can to prove you wrong. They can just be downright 
hurtful. And I don't know if I'm describing anybody in, in your village. I'm obviously describing people I have run across in mine back when my son was going through all this and they justify, justify, justify. They, they justify their own weak boundaries around screen time and they live under their blind spots and in their little caves and they have to prove every minute that they are right and you are wrong and they're defending their fear. And there's this social collateral of their kids being so good. Like, Oh, my daughter, you know, has an Instagram account with 500 people and she's different from all those other kids. And they're just very proud of all that. And I don't, I don't know why this happens April. And I know I'm probably stepping on some toes and I'm going out there to call attention to this, but you know what? They don't know what they're doing either. None of us do. This was a huge experiment that we are all doing on our kids. And so we have people like you that are hearing people like me talk about it and you're starting to make changes. And people that haven't heard about the thing about smoking being bad for your kids, about screens being bad for your kids, they're stuck and they are in this fear that they will lose their kids and their kids won't like them and they're confused you know, because they don't want to do the hard work because it just sounds too hard. And then they find articles that say these video games are making my kids smarter. So so what about that? You know, and they kind of rub it in your face and they say that, you know, you don't really, you need parental controls, but they don't realize that your kids are going to outgrow every parental control you put on their phone, you know, every six months, like they outgrow their shoes. They're, they're not there yet. They haven't been bit yet. And most importantly, they really haven't been informed and it takes so much energy to be informed. And science says that, like you said a minute ago, that we all crave low effort, high reward activities. And it's not just teens that do that. Adults do it as well. And they're using these parenting platitudes like my kids will go, or your kids will binge and go crazy if you, if you don't give your, your son a, a video game. Uh, they're not going to be prepared, you know, you're being over controlling, your kids will hate you, will backfire. And, and all the, the biggest one out there, the biggest tornado out there is my child will be unhappy, right? It's like this big flashcard. Everybody flashes in front of you. I'm sorry that you've had, you know, anybody, we all have had um, people come at us a little bit. <laughs> I'll just say it like it is. But, you know, when I look at all those arguments that they have, well, guess what? My, my oldest son binged um, and went, and went crazy when, I mean, he did binge when he went to college because he did play video games so much. And are they not, are they not going to be prepared? Well, my kids right now, my seniors without phones are way more prepared for life than many of their friends that are on nine hours mm-hmm. a day in a screen bubble. And in, are we being over controlling? No, I don't think we're protecting our kids enough. We're not doing enough mm-hmm. for them. You, you have to, be the adult, you know, we're not overprotecting, we're, we're protecting them. And will your kids hate you for being strong and putting boundaries? Research says absolutely not. They're not going to hate you. They're going to love you that you did that. So here's, here's the big truth. You cannot teach your kids how to use screens the right way. And you're just kind of wasting your time. And you have figured out, you know, earlier than some that, that this is the way you're going to go. And so what you've got to do is remember when people talk. It's so hard. You can feel so alone, right? I know April, you, I, I mean, I know it's hard because you're right there in the thick of it right now with the ages of your boys and you're, you're going to get a lot of criticism and you just have to be strong. It doesn't help to argue with another mom I have found. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise, I, huh? <laughs> I've kind of found out the hard way. So you have to send them to our website. You have to say, 
I know, I understand, but this is something that I just, I haven't done a really good job in my family and I'm trying to do better. Can you help me? You know, and in between the lines, you're saying, can you please stop criticizing me? Yeah. You want your, but you want so badly for them, right? To be in alliance with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to really happen until they are bit. And I hate to say it. Sometimes you have to be bit. We obviously had to be bit before I made any changes. Yeah. I thought my kid was different from everybody else, but you know, you fortunately, and hopefully many people in our audience and the younger families out there are starting to see it early. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't have to have the terrible thing happen to you where someone shows up, you know, showing you pictures that your son took of some naked girls or pornography somewhere here or there, or some horrible other thing that might be happening. You know, hopefully you're avoiding all that. Plus you're connecting with your kids so much more. We know that we connect with them so much better in person than we do with any technology. So I would just say that if you're listening and you're not a Screen Strong family yet, that's okay. We love you. We are not judging you. But I would like to say, please do not criticize other Screen Strong families. Think about your words and support and and be kind to people who are trying to make changes and do what they think is best for their families. And if you're out there listening and you want to make a change, if you're sick of the arguments, you're sick of all the failed parental controls, you're exhausted, you're reading, you're Googling over and over and over, you know, is this an addiction? You know what? Who cares at some point if it's something that is causing you stress in your life and conflict in your home and you want to get your kids back, please investigate what April did and look at the screen strong lifestyle. Remember it is a lifestyle. We are wasting time, valuable time trying to be on the frontline battles of a war that we never needed to sign up for. We never need needed this battle. So when you have April, the answer, sorry, I'm getting long winded. The answer when you have other moms that are not supporting you, just step back, know in your heart what you're doing is right. Try to lead them to some direction. And then the hard thing that you might have to do is you may have to get some different friends. Boy, that's hard. That's really hard to realize that. I don't know if you've come to that realization yet, but there are some families through the course of the last 10 years that we had to gracefully bow away from nurturing those friendships because they, we just were on completely different pages. I don't know if that's something that you've had to do. Um, it's kind of a sobering thought. Luckily not. Luckily not. You know, I know many moms out there are probably in that position. Um, thankfully I haven't had, um, I guess that severe of a situation where I have someone just downright, you know, being ugly to me about it. But just maybe some moms that just don't even don't want to hear about it. Like if, you know, if I bring it up that quickly change the subject, you know, but, but I get the hint. I know that's, that's a passive way of letting me know that they don't agree. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. And that's where you are. Yeah. And that's definitely where you are now. And I will just say this, that as your kids get older, the rub gets harder. And and that's now listen, listen to kind of what I'm going to say. So When your kids are in elementary school and middle school, 
this alliance with other parents is pretty strong. We have each other's back. And then what happens between middle school and then all through high school, you, you think that it would get better. It doesn't. It gets worse. So just be prepared. Okay. Just be prepared. And I, I don't want to be negative, you know, Nellie or Debbie Downer over here, but I just want to say, don't be shocked if things arise and, and come up and parents like, don't believe you. Like if you say, yeah. oh my gosh, we had a social at our house and just want to let you know that your son did or said this, or this was on his phone that he was doing whatever. And you feel like the need to go talk to this parent about it because you have this strong alliance all through lower school and middle school. Don't be surprised if that doesn't work anymore. Okay. And I don't know how else to say it other than parents don't, they just don't really want to hear what their kid is doing. Right. <laughs> and um, that's a whole nother question for another day. Yeah. And that's <laughs> but, just human nature and I appreciate your words of wisdom. So any any advice or words of wisdom, I'll take it on <laughs> what to prepare for. Yeah, and as you get as you get through the high school years, because we believe that that no teenager needs a smartphone, no teenager needs the internet in his pocket twenty four hours a day, no teenager needs to be playing video video games as a regular part of their thing. It's not necessary if you choose as a family. This is a big value for you. That's a whole different thing, and that's fine. We just want to make sure people understand that. It is a highly addictive activity that, that, that they can grow a dependency to very quickly. So there's a lot of things maybe you want to do instead. But I will just say that when they do get a little bit older, things get a little bit riskier. They get a little more confidence in their ability to test the waters and they start doing questionable things and things they shouldn't be doing on their digital devices. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is very hard, even if you start right now with your mom friends and say, if you ever see, or if I ever see, we're going to have this alliance and we're going to talk to each other about it. Just be careful. As they get older, it gets harder to do that. Again, it's the parent brain. It has a very hard time looking at the truth and seeing what their kid is actually doing. But every teenager is out there testing their wings and trying new things. And um, you still have to be their coach. In fact, they need a coach more during their teenage high school years than they, they have ever needed. So welcome to this stage of parenting. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need your whistle and you're going to need your hat and your megaphone Mm. and you're going to be fine. It's going to be hard enough without video games. I can only imagine having that struggle. So (laughs) do the detox before, if you can, if you're, you know, if you're just getting started, don't even introduce it. Yes, you're exactly right. There's so many benefits and and of all the hobbies and the fun family things you get to do with your kids. And just think of how you get to structure everything right now and all the social time you're going to have and all the social social time they're going to have. It's just a lifestyle choice. It's going to be so much fun. And I know you've got, I'm looking here at tons of other questions. We are going to wrap up this part. And guess what? We're going to do a part two. April has agreed to come back next week with the rest of her questions. Cause when she sent me all her questions, I'm like, Oh my goodness, we have enough for two shows. So we're going to have part two next week. I'm so excited. You know, I just love doing Q and a, and that's just going to be so fun. So let's wrap up this episode. And I would like for you to just offer some words of encouragement about some of the things we talked about today to the other parents that are listening that want to go game free, like 
you did with your kids and they're struggling? What are some words of encouragement for them? It's not too late. If we did it, you can do it. It is never too late. It's challenging, but allowing your kids to continue to play is challenging. And you're going to run into unexpected challenges along the way if, you know, if that's the route you take. I promise it is so worth it. So worth it. Life, Life's too short. Childhood's too short. We're getting a ton of family time together and making lots and lots of memories. And I know that my kids are, you know, I'm trying to make their childhood as healthy as possible because I... I like to always begin with the end in mind, and I want to know, you know, after they're grown that I did everything I could to possibly um, make them as healthy as possible to grow into healthy adults, and it's worth it. It is worth it. (laughs) It's worth all the hard work. (laughs) And I love that you said it's never too late. So we start today. We start with today. We don't look back, and we don't live in regret. It is never too late. I love that. You you opened with that. That's and it goes so fast. The detox, I mean, time just goes so fast. I mean, it, in the moment, it feels like it's forever, but the detox, it really doesn't take that long before you start noticing positive change. We're not perfect yet. We still have our challenges, a lot of challenges, and I'll, but it. we've come a long way. Thank you so much, April. I am thrilled to have you back next week. We are not done talking. So get ready. I'm ready. (laughs) And add some more questions. Add some more questions to that list. Thanks everyone for listening today. This is so much fun. What's your homework? Okay. So what I want you to do is plan, put on calendar, mark it, however you do to listen to next week. I cannot wait to get the rest of April's questions. I'm so excited because this is kind of like we can have experts on. We do all of our stuff on this show, but these are the shows I really love because these are your questions. These are questions from real parents. And so put it on your calendar. And also if you have any friends that you need to share this podcast with, so they can also be kind of prepped for next week, go ahead and send this out to five or 10 of your friends or put it on your Facebook or do something to get the word out. So parents can get their questions answered. Next, I want you to look at our lifestyle course. April mentioned it in the podcast. Um, She actually sat down with her child and went through it. We are working on a kid version, a student version of the lifestyle content that we have. So we're so excited. Uh, I mean, we're working like crazy over here trying to get that done. So it's coming soon, but the lifestyle course can be found on our site. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you to remove the screen conflicts from your home. So until next time, stand up for your kids. Stand out from the crowd and stay strong.